I cannot believe what we just witnessed. This is only the second time in World Series that a no-hitter has been completed. I know Don Larson was the last one to do it in 1956, but who would have thought that after the hitting clinic the Astro, the Phillies did in Game 3 that you would no-hit them the next day? This was an epic game. That's right. It was a combined no-hitter, and it was the first World Series combined no-hitter, the second combined no-hitter that Christian Javier started and Ryan Presley finished. It was a masterful performance. The offense woke up just enough. The five runs got them to a tie, taking us to the next game. Let's talk about it on Locked on Astros. Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked on Houston Astros and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked on Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talks Astros. Find the show at Locked on Astros. Your team every day. Brett, where can we find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Stroh's411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stroh's. All righty. Christian Javier, six no-hit innings. He just looked like he was in total control. And for a team like the Phillies that hits the fastball pretty well, he threw 74 seam fastballs, 25 sliders, and two knuckle curves. So he basically didn't throw any curveballs, just a slider and a fastball. And he basically put on a pitching clinic on how to limit the Phillies offense. And Justin Verlander, who's starting game five, better have been taking notes because that's exactly what he needs to do tomorrow. And you know what else you need to do tomorrow and the next day and the next day? You need to go ahead, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, and make sure you catch every YouTube video, and make sure you make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, make the Locked on Astros podcast your first listen. I am pumped. Let's get the show going. Yeah, this was awesome, Eric. You know, the first three innings with Christian Javier coming out, just throwing absolute nails, and with that invisible working in the zone, you know, he has the lowest batting average against with pitches in the strike zone. And he was the call before the game that they do all that, like all the different betting sites and like who, who they're going to pick and who is the Sherlock and Christian Javier and the Astros were it. He was what the Astros needed. And the first couple innings were a little frustrating because the Astros did get two on. Yuli got all the way to third. Vasquez got hit by a pitch and then they didn't do anything with that. And then they got two more guys on another inning. And it seemed like they were just going to keep shooting blanks at the plate. Um, I, I believe at one point it was 15 straight innings without a run by the Houston Astros. But what I loved was when they would pan to Christian Javier after he went into the dugout. It started on the fourth inning on, and they would always zoom in on him. And he would just sit back, sit down on the bench in the dugout, take his hat off and just start going through breathing exercises. And um, my family was in the room watching with me and they were like, Oh my gosh, that guy looks like he's ready to like kill somebody. Like I said, he is focused. And that is this, this guy, Eric, El Reptile, the cold blooded killer on the mound. 
really may be our best pitcher. And if he gets a chance to come back in a game seven and throw shutout innings or even start a game seven, if it goes that far, I mean, who knows? The Astros may ride this, go up 3-2, come back to Houston. They could clinch in game six. But if it goes all the way to game seven, because we got to look at all, all possibilities, can you imagine if he comes in and does almost the same thing and replicates it? You're talking World Series MVP type material. All right, so if you're talking about the longest no-hit uh, bids in World Series history, you have the 1956 Game 5, Don Larson, perfect game. Then you had the 1947 Game 4, Bill Bevins had eight and two-thirds innings pitch. He lost it in the final um, before the final out. And then tonight, the Astros had the combined no-hitter. So this is a rare occasion. This is something that you need to be proud of. Yes, the biggest thing is the Astros are now tied 2-2 in the World Series. That's the bigger deal. The, another big deal is the Astros now have regained home field advantage because now you only play one more game in Philly, and then you're going to go play um, one, maybe two more games at Min Maid Park. But this was a great game. The Astros just took care of business. They really uh, they um, got those three hits in the fifth inning all singles, and then uh, they forced the pitching change. Aaron Nola pitched good, but he just he, they started hitting him a little bit harder, and um, he's, they were hitting him to some hard outs, and then the fifth inning, they were just getting to him. And so uh, what um, Thompson did was he was like, okay, let me bring in my high-leverage guy, Alvarado. And this guy was coming in, no outs, bases loaded, with Alvarez at the plate. Lefty versus lefty, and Alvarez has shown um, potential in the situation. And then what happens? First pitch, 98 or 99 miles per hour, right in the rib cage or somewhere around there, and that w- that scored the first run. Then you had Alex Bregman on 0-2 count hit a hundred and something mile pitch, a hundred something that way, uh, exit velocity, <laughs> and it was just. <laughs> Eric, hey, Eric, you sound like a fan who watched his team just look abysmal at the plate and almost get no hit themselves and score no runs. You know, it's the first time they've been shut out all season. And so um, I just I, I really I really like what we saw tonight. I like the fortitude. I love how this club is actually, dude, they're like little leaguers out there when they're playing and having fun. That is their game. And that's what the Phillies did last night and the perfect counterpunch to an offense is to shut them down. And I honestly did not think that they were going to shut them out the way they did. I did think that they were going to limit the runs. I didn't think they were going to have another seven run outing. I thought maybe they'd get two or three runs, but tonight the pitchers were like, no, um, we got, we got a job to do and we're going to do it. Yeah. And if you look at the, what the Phillies have done, they have mostly done the offense against the starting pitchers. In game one, who did they score the five runs off of? It was Justin Verlander. In game uh, three, who did they score mostly the runs off of? It was Lance McCullers. And then in this game, they didn't score any runs. So, um, And then, of course, um, game two, they were shut out. So, um, or no, that's right. They they, they did score the run later and um, off of Ryan Presley as an unearned run. But uh, if you're looking at where the majority of the offense has come for from the Phillies, it's been from Verlander and Lance McCullers. The bullpen has been nails for the Astros in the World Series, and it just makes you feel safe to just 
call whoever you're in there. It's just like Simply Safe, right, Brett? Yeah, Simply Safe is the best place for you to go um, when you need to feel safe, when you need to make sure that your home is secured and safe. Um, Simply Safe is offering you a great deal right now. They are offering our listeners, you can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Okay. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe for half off today and enjoy security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe was named the best home security system for 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. An emergency 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security. 24/7 professional monitoring only costs less than $1 a day with the top rated Simply Safe app. Stay in complete control of your system. Now, don't miss this chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb today. This way, you can get the biggest discount you've seen in a long time. simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, you know who needs to be safe. That's Mattress Mac. Um, he's out there starting little um, verbal uh, altercations in Philly, uh, trying to defend his boys, mostly Jose Altuve out there. I've got Phillies fan calling me. Hello, Phillies fan? Oh, you're calling in sick. Okay, that's okay. Um, we're going to still do the show without you. Thanks for calling by. Phillies fan called, and they are not coming in today. They're sick. They're not feeling well. Um, they feel like they're like their stomachs are empty, like the zeros on the scoreboard. So I, I just, I just want you to know that, um, they are excused. They are not going to be able to go to work tomorrow. So their doctor's note comes from locked on Astros Phillies fans. You can stay home. It's okay. Thanks for calling. Alrighty. So mattress Mac was asked, um, would he have changed everything? He said, no, uh, you come after my boys, you come after all Houston. And so basically, um, a lot of people in Houston were, I mean, they're dressing, they, they made like a little meme with him, like dressed up as a gangster with a little uh, bandana and the uh, gold chains and everything. And so I, a lot of people felt like this game was for Mattress Mac and not just Mattress Mac for all Houston. So the Astros really stepped up for uh, just in this, in this series, because if you would have gone down three to one in, with game four, uh, game five in Phillies, mm. Uh, especially with uh, Justin Verlander after game one, that would have been a tough experience. But after what happened in today's game, and if Justin Verlander can some, somehow control himself and kind of tap into what he's done before, that's made him successful. And maybe mirror a little bit what um, Christian Javier did. Don't rely on all the breaking pitches like uh, Lance McCullers did. But go ahead and rely more on fastballs at, in the right, right place. But at the same time, Christian Javier has a way different fastball than anybody else. It he looks does. like it's going to be here, but it ends up down here. Well, so. 
Well, you know, he, he has that invisible, but when he hits the rise, the ball rises out of the zone. And if you notice when Harper was up to bat, he, he was, he had basically, he had one walk and two strikeouts. Bryce Harper looked absolutely pedestrian tonight, um, dropped his average several points because he was swinging at pitches that were high in the zone. And Harper was expecting low pitches. The first two strikes that he saw today against Javier that were high, he just stood there and he was completely frozen. I mean, Christian Javier came out and he struck out um, Schwerber, Riamuto, Harper, Castellanos. I mean, he struck out all these guys and it was on a high heat. It was at one time, I think he had struck out five batters in a row and he, there was just no stopping him, Eric. I think also the fact that the Phillies went to their bullpen when they did, when they pulled Nola, you had Alvarado come in. Those were the first two runs. Now they only mm-hmm. did get two runs. But those are the first two runs that they have gotten off their relief pitchers, but that was still good because you capped the three with the two runs and you kind of stole the energy out of that building. And yeah, they were kind of still loud at the end, but the bottom line, just like you said, had this game gone in the Phillies' favor and they go up 3-1, it would be very difficult. I think they still win the game five, to be honest with you. But now you're more comfortable. And people already already ask me, hey, Brett, how do you think JV's going to pitch tomorrow? I don't think the question is how is JV going to pitch. I think the question is, is the offense going to take on the responsibility of knowing that they failed to score more runs after three innings and to help JV get that win, the offense basically went blank. They have to score off of this relief pitching, Eric. I'm, you know, I think with Noah Syndergaard going, maybe it's quote, quote unquote a trap start for them, but he's the perfect guy to put crooked numbers up. I mean, get up early and then score some runs in the fifth or sixth inning and cement that win for Justin Verlander. Because you know you're going to hear it. Why are you starting Verlander? Why not Valdez? I mean, who else are you going to start? Arquiti? No, you're going to bring in your horse. You're going to bring in your hoss, Justin Verlander. The law of averages are clearly in his favor anyways. All right, so I'm going to give you some good news. I saw this on Twitter. The Astros are the third team in MLB history to take a five-run lead in the three of their first four games of the World Series. The other two teams, the 1989 Athletics, and the 1937 Yankees went on to win the World Series. So unfortunately, uh, if you look at game one, that yes, they did cough up that lead, but um, the fact that they are getting out to the lead, and uh, that shows that they do have the potential. Uh, but going like what you just said, don't just settle for the five runs. Go ahead and go above beyond. Make sure you get the more runs. But in this game, Five runs was all that you needed when uh, the other, when your pitching staff is throwing a freaking no hitter, and it's just it just was like I'm like, is this really going to happen? No, I I kept kept on trying to pinch myself. There's no place like home, but this is home. This is H Town, and we are here to support our boys. I have to give Smoltz credit because he said something at the end of the broadcast, and and is in his um, his partner in the booth backed him up. He said, when he said the Astros threw a combined no-hitter, the second no-hitter in World Series history, he says, by the way, that's the first time I've said that word no-hitter all night. And I was like, look at Smolty. Now, Smolty, I think, is a little, he's, he reminds me of me. He talks the entire game. 
beginning to end, first pitch to eighth pitch of the at-bat. And, you know, you you have to love this showing because it kind of seems like, and maybe we maybe all fan bases feel this way when when they are on the road, but it's almost like they were kind of crushing on the Phillies a little bit. And Eric, just to let you know, I didn't tweet you at all during the game because I was like, if I say one thing about this game to Eric, or if I say, are you watching this or anything, it's going to screw everything up. So Eric and I remained dormant on our text, didn't even didn't even converse with each other, didn't even say, hey, what are you going to use as a graphic or anything like that? So we uh, we were laser focused. Um, when we get towards the end of the show, um, I, wa- I want to tell you what number um, we've been throwing out there um, and why it's significant for us and for our show. Yeah, and so uh, I think that overall the Astros offense, they did what they needed to do. They I mean, they were slowly starting to chip away. Even before they started scoring, they were getting uh, some hits, and they looked like they were kind of making some strides. So I am not worried about this, and Aaron Nola did only throw 67 pitches. So theoretically, there's a chance you could see him come back for game seven. Because yeah, unless- that's fine. We beat him twice. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, game three, game five is going to be uh, Noah Syndergaard. Game six would be um, Zach Wheeler. So then uh, who else are they? Good th- I guess they could go ahead and throw out Suarez. So Suarez pretty. Yeah. Uh, pretty yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Suarez. Oh, no. Suarez. And hold on. I correct myself. We didn't beat him twice. We scored five runs on him. OK, we didn't we didn't beat him because Aaron Nola went game one. We lost game one. Uh, we beat Wheeler. But Aaron, Aaron Nola, this is the second time, Eric, the Phillies have been no hit and Aaron Nola started the game. Right. Um, so that's so that's huge. But I forgot about Suarez. Uh, yeah. He, no, he no, it's OK. Astros, Suarez, yeah. Suarez will definitely go. Suarez, you'll see Suarez and you'll see Javier if there is a game seven. So we just we just want to welcome you all to the show. We just want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us, um, hanging on with us. You know, going through the tough times, going through the ups and the downs, we still got more baseball to play, and that's what's really cool. And yes, Jeremy Harvard talks about Ozzo Campo, who signed these guys: Framber, Urquidy, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, for a combined one hundred and forty. They're not these three hundred, four hundred million dollar pitchers. They're not making forty million dollars a year. They're just grinding. But you know what? You know what? Framber Valdez, you know what Christian Javier are doing? They are earning themselves some future pay. And it will be interesting to see what the Astros do to keep this core of pitchers intact. Someone mentioned over here on the chat, they said, why don't we go JV and piggyback Hunter Brown? That would be amazing. Like a bridging of the generations, the old guard versus the new guard coming together to force the Phillies to go back to Houston and to go up 3-2. I, I really... I like the chances, Eric, of the Astros going up 3-2. And the Phillies, I think, it wasn't a must win, but they really needed to get this game because then they would have less opportunities to use more of their pitchers. And again, we just have more bullets in our in our weaponry. All right. Um, it was 140000 not $140 million. I don't know if you said that, but... Um, they signed those guys to 140,000. No, I said 140,000. Okay, I just I thought sure. now, yeah, if I said 140 million, no, 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 no I way. don't know if you did or if no. that was in a tweet or not. But no, anyway, uh, so moving on, uh, Christian Javier and Ryan Presley are the first pitchers to be part of two combined no hitters 
in a career, much less in the same season. Oh, wow. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's, dude, we're breaking records tonight. I love it. And Christian Javier talked to his parents this morning and they, they kind of give him some inspiration and they said, you know what? We think you're going to go out and throw a no hitter today. No. And look what he did. <laughs> That's so kids listen to your mama and your daddy. Cause your mama and daddy, they know best. Or kids call Christian Javier's parents and ask them what you got on, on the docket for today. If I play the lottery, am I going to win? Thank you, Mr. Miss Javier. That's awesome. Right. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what I love about this team. I mean, this team from the rookies, Hensley, um, I saw his dad talking about, you know, he was, he was up in the upper deck. He was filming his son when he got his first hit in the world series. That was exciting. And I love hearing about these family stories because these players are genuinely good dudes. They're down to earth and they do so much for their communities back home, wherever, you know, in the weekend and places like that. So tip the hat to them. Just awesome. Awesome testimony to that family. All right. I have my student in the chat. Uh, you need to go to bed, sir. Uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and talk about um, the big monkey in the room. And that is the DH quote um, left field spot. Uh, Ledbis Diaz, once again, was a no show basically in this game. Uh, how many strikeouts did he finish up with? I mean, it just, uh, let me who, see. Who, Javier? Uh, no, Diaz. But uh, Diaz had uh, three strikeouts on the game. Um, he was 0 for 4, and uh, he was later replaced by Dubon. Uh, they switched in center field. But um, a lot of people are like, well, after David Hensley did so, I mean, he didn't, he only got one hit, but granted, why not give the rookie a chance? Diaz uh, and Mancini well, have not shown anything. But I'll tell you why Diaz was in there. Diaz is a fastball hitter. He attacks a fastball. And Aaron Nola is a fastball pitcher. That's exactly why, because the sheet that you talk about that Dusty has tells him that Diaz rushes a fastball. He crushes on those things. And even though he hasn't been super great lately. But my sheet he, says that they're like one for something in the world okay. in the playoffs. But that's that's not the, <laughs> that's not a scouting report, though. The scouting report overall is Diaz's character is he's a fastball hitter. Aaron Nola is a fastball pitcher. I did have an issue with it after his first at bat. Just he just didn't look great. But yeah, Hensley, I'm real big on if a guy gets a hit or does something in the game, even in a World Series this why not put him in there and if he goes up there and doesn't do great his first two at bats replace him late in the game I would have rather Hensley go up and then Diaz come in after that but at this point we're splitting hairs because ultimately this is a team game and it doesn't matter what one person does or one person doesn't do it matters how the team picks you up and I was sitting there, I was almost yelling at the TV, if you guys do not back up Javier on this, if you guys don't get this win, this will be one of the most amazingly wasted starts that I've ever seen in Major League history. And they didn't. They provided the runs, the pitchers, the bullpen, trust. That's all we got to do is trust. Uh, I know it's a um, it's not a official poll out there. I kind of made it a joke poll. Uh, I said, "Hey Astros fans, make your choice for the left field DH spot at Locked On Astros." I had Trey Mancini, Aledmiz Diaz, and David Hensley, and Eric Heisman. Um, so here's the uh, finishing of the votes as of the podcast. 
David Hensley had 79%. Eric Heisman had 11%. Trey Mancini had 8%. And Aledmus Diaz had 2%. It was just a joke for me to put that up there, but are you back? Yeah, no offense. I would take Hensley. I mean, I would take Mancini or Diaz over you any day. I'd take him over me any day. I would take him over the guys that played in high school with me any day. Um, hitting in baseball is very, very difficult. I Oh, man, Scott's, I've seen Eric Scott's play. Scott's seen me wow. play, yeah. Okay, he's seen you play. Well, here's the thing. You said that he would need to throw the ball 30 miles per hour slower. I think he would have to throw the ball 30 miles per hour. Because <laughs> because let me tell you something. Even even a major leaguer throwing 60, 70 miles an hour. I mean, look, go in, put me in a batting cage. Give me a pitching machine. I can hit off a pitching machine. But a live pitcher, mm, I don't know about that. I absolutely love, yes, yeah, someone, oh, thanks for the GoFundMe on my new PC. It's actually not that old. Um, it's more the, our, our technology we use. But you know what? We've used this technology so much, and we've been on this show so much, Eric. I've got to throw out a number to everybody that I'm super excited about because you and I had a goal. You and I had a goal this season of getting to 1 million downloads this year. And right now, and of course, I'm sure the numbers jumped, we came into the show with 999,766 downloads. We are going to reach the 1 million threshold. That was our goal. This year has been an absolute crusher, and we have obliterated our records because you and I have put in this work. Our audience has grown, and I appreciate every single one of y'all that listen that watch, that take time out of your day. It means the world to us. I am going to produce four exclusive shirts to give away. I'm going to give away one on Instagram. I'm going to give away one on Twitter. I'm going to give away one on our Facebook page, and I'm going to give away one live on a show. So there'll be four exclusive shirts. Eric and I will have one each. There'll be four shirts that you'll wear that will celebrate our 1 million downloads for this year. And we're just going to keep going. So thank y'all so much because we absolutely love this. We love it every single day. We look forward to it. All right. Yogi Berra and Christian Vasquez are the only catchers to catch a no hitter in the World Series. And the Astros have now thrown 11 consecutive no hit innings tied with the 1939 Yankees for the uh, longest streak in the World Series. Wow. And that's an active streak entering game five. So when the Yankees were good and actually winning World Series. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, so Christian uh, Vasquez on Christian Javier, he says that it's better catching him than facing him. I would guess so, sir. I would guess so. And Dusty Baker said Javier could give the Astros two to three innings in the World Series if it goes to game seven. So, yeah, I don't know if he'll start the game, but that's something that uh, they can work out. Now, the question is, if it does go game seven, who's your starter? After what we saw with Lance McCullers, who insists he wasn't tipping, and I wrote, I read this whole article about Ken Rosenthal, and it was more about he's very predictable, and uh, most of the pitches that uh, they hit were kind of bad pitches anyway, so maybe he wasn't tipping. But, yeah, there is, there is some um, – I mean, you could tell when he's throwing a breaking pitch versus a mean slider versus curveball, all that different thing. But at the same time, even if you know what's coming, you don't, you can't always hit it. It just helps a little bit. But I don't I don't know 
would you trust him to start the game or would you rather have Christian Javier as a quote unquote opener to start the game? You know what? I think, I think that second thing is what you should do with an opener. And I think you ride him as long as he's doing well. There's no way in a game seven that Dusty Baker manages the game the way he did. <laughs> Three runs, four runs, seven runs, five home runs. Oh, why don't we pull him? But again, the fact that Dusty did that, Eric, think about this. Saved the bullpen for this game in case you needed it. If you knew that game was out of reach and you could tell your bats were not firing unless some miracle came across, it really wasn't a bad thing that he kept Lance McCullers in. When the bullpen did get in there, they put up zeros. But I think in a game seven, winner take all, if we get to that, because I'm really hoping the Astros can 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 get things done before that. I think it's possible. It is all hands on deck, and you have to unload the weapons, and you have to deploy the troops the right way. You have to be a master class craftsman. Dusty Baker can overmanage. He can undermanage, but he's done more good than bad in this postseason. I trust the process, and I trust the decisions that that Dusty will make as long as I'm okay with the decisions he makes. I think that's how all of us, we like love Dusty when he does the right thing, when he does do the right thing. I see all these tweets, fire Dusty. I'm like, stop with the firing. Like, can you imagine if you or I, anytime we made a mistake at our place of business or if y'all at your place of business that are listening, every time you made a mistake, someone's like, oh, fire that guy or fire that woman. We no. get emails. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you need to fire Eric. Uh, he, he messed up on today's lesson. He did it uh, using Desmos instead of um, doing it by hand. Whoa, doing what? Hold on. Whoa. Uh, uh, Desmos math. is a calculator. So. Yeah. Anyway. I had a kid who said, hey, Coach Chancy, can you help me with my math today? I said, darling, I'm a history teacher. You need to go to Mathnasium or Kumon. <laughs> I'm not All a right. math guy. Thoughts by Dusty. All right, so we haven't had this in a while. So here is Dusty Baker right after the game. It hasn't sunk in yet. The sky's the limit for Christian Javier. So anyway, uh, that's pretty much the quote I have for him right now. But uh, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for something. No, it, it was so anticlimactic. I know. I just wanted to do, um, we haven't done that little thing in a while, but uh, oh, Bregman man. said, I mean, it's crazy. We grew up watching the World Series. We know that baseball has been going on for a long time, long time. So to be part of, just be teammate on the team that just did that and what Javi and the guys did is just really special. And I, I'm just telling uh, just people, this doesn't happen often. It's just crazy to see what the Astros did and against a team that scored that hit five home runs off of you the day before scored seven runs. And for you to come out there the next day and punch them in the face like this, that that's a, that's basically a serious um, changer. So now Justin Verlander needs to come out and just um, really just pitch his heart out, heart out for five innings. If he can limit the offense from that long, you, just give it to the bullpen. The bullpen has been great this postseason. That is your strength. Yes, um, the bet, the best starting pitchers in the World Series has been Framer Valdez and Javier. Uh, hope, uh, Framer Valdez will be going in game six. So like that's it. a plus. 
And then we don't know who's going to be officially the starter for game seven, but let's not get there. Let's go win the next two games. Yeah, let's let yeah, let's just do it. Let's just go on a little old-fashioned three-game win streak and take care of business. Again, the Phillies, we respect them. They're going to come out. They're going to come out with fight with the fight. They're not going to go down. They've got to give their crowd one more showing, so they're going to try not to disappoint. But the Astros again have the perfect counterpunch, and the Astros absolutely look to be on top of their game tonight. I loved the opposite field hits. I loved Jordan Alvarez going opposite field. And the broadcast recognized that when Jordan's going opposite field, even if he's not hitting bangers off the wall, he did hit everything he hit, went to right center field, whether it was caught or in the gap. And I like seeing that. I like him coming back to Houston in a game six. I think he gets heated up even more. Noah Syndergaard, I think, is a perfect person for us to have those guys um, out there and to keep those bats rolling, Eric. Because if you can get on, on the crescendo of this wave, in game five and you can ride that into game six, it can come crashing down on the Phillies. And instead of another team clinching, I'm tired of watching away teams clinch in Houston. The trend needs to change. And Chaz McCormick, um, I'm not going to play it because I don't know how long the, the quote is, but Chaz McCormick basically said, you know what? God's watching us. God's smiling on the Astros tonight. I mean, <laughs> I mean, these guys are feeling really good. And like, I said after the game, I was watching the guys in the dugout and stuff, and there was no panic in their in their system. There there was no like, oh my god, we're down two one, we're in Philadelphia. The ruckus crowd. I mean, mattress Max out there dropping f bombs on people defending the Houston Astros. You know, we've got a contingency of fans out there. So tip the hat to y'all who have braved the crowd. But we definitely have to make a statement this year. I think I still think this year is ours. And I think we go out game five, Eric, and I believe they take care of business. I'm not going to make any predictions for game five. I'm going to plead the fifth. I just believe that if the Astros do what they were built to do, the results will speak for themselves and will come back on top three games to two. All right. Astro Wolf Craig says that last time no hitter was pitched in a World Series, he was six months old. Um, I was what negative 25 or something <laughs> negative 20 negative 21 or tw negative 22 so yeah so um yeah th this it's been a while this doesn't happen often guys and um in this day of age you're not you don't have the unless you have a very limited pitch count or they're very efficient it's hard to do the um the actual no hitters especially in a game as intense uh, as this is so combined no hitter, I'm good with. Here is here is the problem, and I really like this comment. He says, um, MP says, I really think Houston messed up Thompson's rotation groove. You really thought that Nola was going to go out and get the job done. So think about this, Eric. And I talked about this on a spaces before. If you go and and this is an anti-astro memory, but back in 1986, when the Mets were playing the Astros in the NLCS, game six goes into extra innings and Mets end up winning, clinching, going to the World Series, winning, right? Mm -hmm. All the Mets are on that team say, if we would have gone to a game seven, Mike Scott would have no hit us. Mike Scott was absolute nails. We couldn't hit him, and we knew we were going to be done for, so we had to get the job done. I feel like the opposite is was at play here, where Philly really had to get the win. Because here's the thing, Eric. If Philadelphia goes up three to one, then tomorrow it's a winner-take-all game for them. And they can unload and deploy their bullpen and all the arms they want to 
to try to stymie the Astros offense and put the best mashups in there and just leave no guy left, no stone left unturned, no guy left in that bullpen and really empty the tank. And that would have been a tougher battle. Now you've got the Phillies having to manage. Basically, they have to go in trying not to lose. And I think the Astros are going in to win. So I really think the Astros are even there because they weren't favored today. The Phillies were actually favored. The bet line was like minus. Um, And for the first time, the Phillies were favored in the playoffs. They hadn't been favored all year. Well, tomorrow, the Astros are probably going to be favored. Yeah, so Verlander just needs to come out, limit the offense, and wait out Noah Syndergaard because he can only throw maybe three to four innings. And just knock him out early, get into the bullpen. I know it's not going to matter, but you're eventually going to get to the weak parts of the bullpen, and uh, then you can just score a lot of runs. So I'm, I think it's going to be a good game for the Astros. I think they're going to go home up 3-2. to two. And I think with Frommer Valdez on the mound at Minmade Park, I, th- I think they're going to take care of business. But I think that's all we got. Um, the Houston Astros, since joining the um, MLB, they have 15 no-hitters. That is the most from any expansion team since that time. So the Astros are pretty good, and uh, <laughs> we are pretty good fans, and I'm excited to see this World Series continue. Even after last night's game, I was I was a little bit disappointed, but I was still hopeful knowing that this team can do it. Now, just do what you can tomorrow. Score some runs. And Justin Verlander, uh, I don't know if this is your last start with the Houston Astros or not, but just go out there, pitch your heart out, and get us a W. And that's all we want. And Alvarez, we, we see you trying to wake up. Let's hit a home run tomorrow. Altuve, let's hit a home run. And that's all we got for this edition of the Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Eisman. He is Brett Chancey. We are the Locked On Astros podcast, and we are locked on Christian Javier and Montero and Brayu and Presley after they threw the no-hitter. And we will see you tomorrow. And Ghost Rose.